Hey, and welcome again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. So glad to have you join me in this episode where we are looking at Acts chapter 20. Now, at this point, uh, Paul has been ministering in Ephesus for three years. He's had an incredible ministry there. And, uh, you know, his his love for the people, is, is, is it's intense. The, their love for him, it's equal. There's uh, just a great spirit among them. But now he's preparing to leave and so he is going to, what we're going to see in our text, he's going to gather the, the elders at Ephesus and he's going to speak to them and encourage and remind and challenge them about some of what they've heard from him in the, the last three years. And uh, we're actually not going to cover all of what he shares because I think we'd be here for quite a while. But I want to cover a, a, fair, a fair amount of it, a large portion of it and have us think through the implications of what he shares to this church and how really those those same um, encouragements and those same challenges apply to to the church today. And so let's uh, let's jump in here. Acts chapter 20 starting in verse 17. It says, "Now for Miletus, he sent to the uh, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and through and, and with trials what happened to me through the plots of the Jews. He says, you guys know the difficulties. You, you know the, the tears. You know my humility. Paul was not on an ego trip when he was there. He was willing to serve. He was willing to care. He was uh, not like, you know, I'm, I'm so important. I can't hang out with you guys. No, quite the opposite. He, he wanted to be with people. You know, if, if you were a pastor in the church today, he, he'd have a pretty open door policy. Like you call me, you text me, well, let's, let's get together. I'm here to pray with you. I'm here to care for you. This was his love for these people. And keep going. It says, he continues. He says, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable in teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's just stop here for a second. He says, I, I, I didn't shrink from declaring anything to you that was profitable. Now, this is this is really important. He, he was a pastor and a preacher who was, who was not scared of sharing things that were difficult with these people. He, he, he was willing to call them to repentance. He was willing to challenge their thinking and their actions. He, he, he was not comfortable with allowing them to believe things that were inaccurate or untrue or that were false or that were dangerous. He was not content to allow them to live lives of sinfulness in light of the gospel and the call of living in holiness in Christ. Verse 22. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. <laughs> he says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I know one thing. Hey, I know that the Spirit is making it clear that I'm going to face imprisonment and afflictions. Verse 24. But I do not account my life 
of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. He says, I'm not too worried about imprisonment and afflictions because I don't account my life as precious to myself. He says, here's my, my drive. I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to finish the calling that God has placed upon my life. I'm going to complete the ministry that I receive, not from man, not from myself, but from the Lord Jesus Christ. And that ministry is to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Just final kind of consideration here. I think part of why Paul, he did not count his life as precious to himself as because he knew that the Lord had saved him. He was precious in the sight of the Lord. Verse 25, he says, And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. I'm leaving. You're not going to see me again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, Whoa, this took a turn. Innocent of their blood, how? Verse 27, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Once again, his emphasis, he was willing to share all of the word of God, even the parts that were, that were difficult to hear. He's not guilty of their blood because he did not avoid the difficult moments where he would call them to repentance toward God. He, he called them to faith in Christ and in the death and resurrection of Jesus as the only way to be saved and that how those who believe in that, they now begin to walk in this newness of life, in, in a changed life. And the whole counsel of God. Verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. He says to the leaders, watch yourself. To Timothy, he says, watch your life and your teaching. He says, and, and watch the flock that you have been made an overseer to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. This is how precious the church is to God. They, they were attained with the blood of Christ. He says, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock. He says that there will come outside wolves attacking from the outside. They will come in and they will not spare the flock. Verse 30, And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. He says that there will be attacks from outside and there will be internal attacks as people, instead of holding fast to the trustworthy word, they will twist the word of God, so that they can draw disciples to themselves. See, Paul, he ministered in humility. He wasn't trying to gain a following for himself. He was trying to gain a following for Christ. But Paul recognized the challenge in the church today that there are people that will come in and they will have all of the hype that their money can buy. They, they will have such egos, such pomp, such, such attention that they're drawing to themselves. Ministry will be about them and the attention they can draw to themselves. 
And he says, this is dangerous. They, they, they will arise within your own ranks. They will look at those who minister faithfully and have a following. And they'll say, I want that following. The difference is that those who ministry, minister faithfully, they're not looking for the following for themselves. They're looking to point past themselves to Christ. But the danger is when those who have an influence, they want that following for themselves. Verse 31, therefore be alert. Be alert of the wolves coming from the outside, leading astray, and be aware, aware and, and alert of those on the inside who rise up, who want the platform more than they want to, to focus people at Christ and want to serve humbly. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. How do you how do you tell a wolf? Well, you like the Bereans a number of days ago, you 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 test their teaching according to the scripture. How do you how do you tell a someone rising in among the ranks who want their own following? Uh, I think this last line is key. Admonishing everyone with tears. And an admonishment is is a, it's a rebuke. It's a challenge. It's loving, and it's a challenge that moves people away from one lifestyle and one belief toward a the true and the right lifestyle and the true and the right belief. See, the difference is those who want a following they they oftentimes are unwilling to admonish. They often are unwilling to admonish. They want to say only the helpful things. God loves you so much. God has such a great plan for your life. You know, Jesus is for you and he wants you to be happy. These spiritualized phrases, they have partial truth to them and sometimes full truth, but they leave out the rest of the scripture and there's an unwillingness to admonish or to challenge. But it's not just admonishment because then maybe someone could rise up and they could have a following because look how hard they speak to everyone and people just want that hard cutting truth no admonish everyone with tears and see see the the one that admonishes with tears is the one who loves the people in the flock so much they're willing to challenge and they challenge with tears in their eyes saying repent saying trust saying turn away from the godless lifestyle and turn toward Christ turn away from a life of works and turn toward trusting in Christ for your salvation this is the, the key admonishing with tears. This is the ancient way for our modern day. I share this recognizing that you might not be a leader. You might not be one, an elder in the church that is called to admonish with tears. But listen, you, you have admonishers around you. You have leaders around you. Are, are they simply trying to gain a following? Are the things they do, are they, are they for you so that you'll be for them? Or are they for you for the sake of Christ and for the truth of the word of God? Are they willing to challenge you on your sin? And then from a different angle, are, are those in your life who do challenge you in your sin, 
Do they do it with an authoritarian, like, you better get it right because I'm so much better than you? Or they do, do they do it with tears in your eyes? Do they, in their eyes, do they plead with you? Do they love you? Do they desire deeply for you to walk in holiness, not so they can exert a power over you, but so that you can walk with Christ? And this is the ancient way for our modern day. It's to see the, this picture of declaring all of the scripture, admonishing and doing it with tears. See, the church that has leaders that does this is the church that is aimed at health, that is aimed at, at being the kind of church that Christ desires us to be. That's the church that I want you to consider being part of. Whether you're here at Valley, I'd love for you to make sure that we continue to be this way. Or if you're elsewhere, to, to, to maybe have conversations with your leaders Either way, it's to looking at, at declaring the full counsel of God and doing it with tears in our eyes as we admonish people to live according to it.